Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another sports edition of Outspoken through the airways of the Open Mic Broadcast Network. And as always, the second floor of the Memorial Student Center. I'm your host, Andre Davis. Thank you all so much for joining us. Another jam-packed show for you today. A lot of stuff to get into, a lot of stuff to cover. Houston Astros winning the 2017 World Series. We're going to get into all that, plus Deshaun Watson going down with a torn ACL and MCL. He is done for the season. We're going to get into all of that, some of the NFL trade deadlines that happened this week in the NFL, plus Cleveland starting the season off 3-5, and five, sitting 13 in the Eastern Conference. A lot of stuff to get, into, to get into with that and what the hell is going on with the Dallas Mavericks this entire season. A lot of things <laughs> to get off my chest because I am a Dallas Fan, Dallas Mavericks, yeah. as well as the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I am joined by a very, very special guest today. As always, Mr. Clifton Monroe is back with us again today. What's up, man? Nothing much. I'm just ready to talk about sports. Well, you know what? You know, I, I saw the little, I heard the little, the, the the little signs that you gave and the little gestures when I got into Dallas and everything like that. Like everything is going on with Houston is squeaky clean or whatever. But nonetheless, we're gonna get into all that here in just a moment. And as always, the call-in number is. 469-474-9370. Again, that's 469-474-9370. Give us a call, voice your concerns, your opinions, anything that you want to talk about in relation to sports, whether that be the NFL, the NBA, or the MLB, in particular the Houston Astros winning the 2017 World Series at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, California, oh, in Game seven by the score of five, five one. one. A lot of stuff to get into, and we cannot waste any time. For those of you that are listening for the first time, we do go commercial free here on Outspoken for our one hour podcast. So, nonetheless, let's kick things off with the NFL before we jump into the Houston Astros. Hashtag Houston <laughs> is the theme of today's show, at least for the beginning part of the show, because on one end, Clifton. Happy praise with the Houston Astros winning the 2017 World Series. But on the flip side, some terrible, terrible news <sighs> happened today. Yeah. The quarterback of the Houston yeah. Texans, Deshaun Watson, tore his ACL and MCL. Can't beat the record. He is done for the season. Oh, my God. Your response to that, Clifton? It's awful. It's, it's really tragic because he could have been a rookie quarterback to break the all-time touchdown record. Twenty was it like twenty-seven? He was he was this close. It was this close. And since he broke his ACL, he's out for the whole year, the whole entire year. So what does this mean for the Houston Texans? Oh yeah, we are we're, we're most definitely 
if we if we do good, we might go like eight and eight. But that's a really eight and eight can get you into the playoffs. Yeah, we've seen it yeah. happen before. It happened to the New York Giants when they won the Super Bowl. They were yeah. eight and eight that season. So it does. So if it, we if, if 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 we do good this season, we can go eight and eight. But without Deshaun Watson, that's going to be a game changer for. Now it's reported that the Houston Texans are going at the Mike McGloin as their quarterback. They're not going to put in Tom Savage. They're going to go with Thank Mike. God. They're going to oh. go. Now, nah, excuse me, Matt McGoin. I said Mike McGoin. Matt McGoin instead of Tom Savage. Yes. Honestly, in my opinion, what the hell damn difference does it make? Honestly, I mean seriously. Okay. 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 First off, Tom Savage. To be honest, is not a good quarterback. And Mike and Matt McGoin is. He's better than Tom Savage, in my opinion. They both sorry. It really but, doesn't matter. But. Mike has been under Bill O'Brien in Penn State. I told you that. I told you that before the show. Started. Yeah, I told you that before the show started. No one knows that. No one knows that now. They, they know it now, though. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> they know it now because I because that's, that's the only that's the only thing that you have to argue in terms of Matt McGoin being a better selection than Tom Savage. Yeah, and to be honest with Tom Savage, he does not know how to play with young players, to be honest. Because the team that the team that we had before, but Will Fuller, Will Fuller was was great, but he never noticed them. And then he just my thing of it is, and the beginning of the game, the first game of the season, this man threw three picks, three picks. Well, so did Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, he threw he threw two interceptions, but still scored. He he let them score though. At the end of the day. Matt McGoin is unproven, honestly. He's, he's unproven. Honestly, I think he's better than Tom Savage in my opinion. How can you he, even, can't, he, he can't do worse than Tom How can you Savage? say that when we haven't even seen him? We haven't even seen him play. So how do we know? How do we know? I mean, yes, Tom Savage isn't a great quarterback. He isn't a good quarterback, but at least we've seen him play on the field. You haven't seen nothing from Matt McGoin. You haven't seen nothing from Matt McGoin. I mean, we didn't see anything from uh, Deshaun Watson until he got on the field in the first game. But Deshaun Watson came from Clemson, who just won the national championship that he led them to. So, Deshaun Watson was already proven that he's an elite quarterback. True. In the NFL, no. But as a player, yes. When it comes to big moments, even as a rookie quarterback, Deshaun Watson can get the job done. Now, honestly, in my opinion, who's a better selection? It's not Tom Savage. It's not Matt McGloin. You know who's a better selection? Take a wild, oh, come on, come I, on. Uh, Take a serious, seriously, seriously wild guess in terms of who would be the better option. Who's up who, for grabs right now? Like, <laughs> oh, oh, there's this one big name. He's certainly up for grabs. I mean, honestly, nobody has touched him. Really? Since last year. Come on now. I'm trying to think. Who's been steering up, steering up all this controversy in the NFL up to this point and beyond? Cole. Come on. Oh, come on. Wait, 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 wait. Come no. on, Clifton. You know this. I have two people. I, I know two. I, I don't know who it is. Is it Garoppolo? No. Garoppolo, he's he's he's, he's done. Okay. Is it Kaepernick? It's Kaepernick. Okay. Is yeah. It, I, it, was, it was between them two. I, was, I honestly, I was about to say Kaepernick. It's Colin Kaepernick. If I'm Bill O'Brien, I'm like, you know what? Can I get Colin Kaepernick on line one, please? To save my behind, because he could do that for you. He could seriously do that for you. 
Now, you but sit up there and tell me to be honest, happening, I don't think Bill O'Brien doesn't think like that. Oh, no, it's not just Bill O'Brien. It's Bill O'Brien. It's every other head coach and owner in the NFL. I'm not casting shade on Bill O'Brien. I'm just saying in terms of what he and every other team in the NFL that is lacking in the quarterback area, whether it be the Browns or the Jets or anybody else that's lacking in the quarterback area, we always talk about what they should do, even though we know deep down inside, like Bill O'Brien and everybody else, they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not stupid, but in my opinion, I just know that's that's the better option. Somebody who, and, and what I've been reportedly have been told, has been keeping himself in great shape. Now, I understand he hasn't played in the game in a while, so in terms of on-field uh, yeah. on momentum, it's going to take a little. It's going to take some time for him to get into the swing of things. But in terms of what he's done up to this point, he is the better option, in my opinion, for the Houston Texans. Not Matt McGoin, and certainly not Tom Savage. Certainly, but most definitely not Tom. Nonetheless, when I found this news out, I, it, it was it was hard. It was really heartbreaking, even for me. Not because of the Houston Texans, because I can give, a, I can care less about the Houston Texans, but because you know, you know you care about us, you, you know you care about. No, us. I don't. <laughs> I don't. But because I am a Deshaun Watson fan, oh. people don't understand. I've been a Deshaun Watson fan since he played at Clemson because I saw what he did at Clemson against Alabama, against Nick Saban, Jalen Hurts in Alabama. That's what I saw from him, and I was so disappointed when the Cleveland Browns did not pick him up. And every other team that passed up on him until the Houston Texans saw that Deshaun Watson was still on the list in the draft, and they traded up for him. That was my concern. But I already knew that once he came to the Houston Texans, that he was going to be a superstar. He was going to turn that organization upside down. He was just going to flip. He was going to flip the script, and he did that up to this point. That's why this news is so devastating when we hear it. Because it'd be different if he was sticking up the joint this whole time. Not saying that people wouldn't care, but you do got some people that are just insensitive when some when a player is not producing on the field and they get yeah. in, and they get injured or hurt. You know, they just brush him out to the side like, oh, who gives a crap? You weren't doing anything for us anyway. But when you got a player like Deshaun Watson, who has been producing for y'all, and it was because of him that I said that you know what, the Houston Texans still have an opportunity to come out first in the AFC South. Think about it. Even though the Jacksonville Jaguars got the momentum right now, mm-hmm. I said, you know what? As long as Blake Bortles is still the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans still have a chance. I mean, it, 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 I didn't like the taste in my mouth when I say that because <laughs> when I just talk about the Houston Texans, I just get a bad taste in my mouth. Don't get to that Don't even, don't even, even yeah. think about it. Sour taste. Don't bitter, even think about it. Bitter. Why do you even care? You're from Austin. They don't even have a professional team. That's, that's <laughs> I picked the Texas team. I picked the Texas team. You ain't the Texas team. Yeah, because you're from Houston. Well, why pick the Texans out of anybody? Because I was born in Houston. Why? And I've always been with the Houston Texans. I thought you was born in Austin. No, I was born in Houston. So why did you tell Mike that you was from Austin then? Because I live, I'm living currently in Austin. So you live, oh, but you're from, you're from Houston. Yeah, I was born in Houston. You're telling so when he asked where you're from, you're from Houston. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, so you're not from Austin, you're from Houston. But, nonetheless, just to segue into the next topic, when I say that Houston, as a city, can't even enjoy a championship for 24 hours without getting some bad news. 
and that was Deshaun Watson. That was the bad news. But in terms of the celebration, Houston Astros getting the job done last night in Game Seven mm-hmm. by the score of five, five to, to one. one in LA at Dodgers Stadium. Stadium. I mean, for a franchise that's been on this planet Earth for fifty-six years, finally, I mean, they've made they've made the World Series appearance once. I believe it was in two thousand five. They didn't win, but they made it nonetheless. And to come back this year. And not only make it to the World Series yet again, but this time actually defeat the L.A. Dodgers, who, in my opinion, I was predicting the L.A. Dodgers to win this World Series. I just was. Whether it was going to be the New York Yankees or the Houston Astros, I still had the L.A. Dodgers winning this series, winning this World Series, but unfortunately they did not get the dunk. The Houston Astros are victorious. Cliff, I saw orange everywhere I went today. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I just saw orange everywhere. Hey, and I'm going to tell you this. I'll say this on the record. I am bandwagging. I really am. <laughs> and I don't care. I'm bandwagging. I am no longer a te- – I am saying this for the record. I am no longer a Texas Rangers fan. I am now a Houston Astros <laughs> fan. And guess what? I don't care. I don't care. Okay? Now, i tell you this. You'll never hear me say I'm now a Houston Rockets fan or a Houston Texas fan. When it comes to football and basketball, that'll never happen. But you should, especially no, for basketball-wise. No, forget about it. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. That'll never happen. Yes. That'll never happen. You're never getting a ring. We just, well, we, what do you mean? We already got a ring. I know, but you're never getting a ring again. When was last time you had a ring? I mean, there's a ring. Last time you had a ring, it was like We got more rings than y'all. We got more rings than y'all. We got more rings than y'all. We had a ring. It was in 2010-2011 season. Yeah, I remember that because we've had a ring in less than a decade. So, nonetheless, neither here nor there, because I'm going to get into Dallas in a minute because they're frustrating me, but I have the credibility because I'm from Dallas. I can speak on their behalf, okay? So, what I'm saying is I am now willing to bandwagon and now become a Houston Astros fan. Come over. There you go. I admit that. I said I was going to come on the show today and admit that. I am doing it for the record here on Outspoken. I am now a Houston Astros fan. I am no longer a Texas Rangers fan. I was never really just a, a diehard fan to begin with. So it wasn't really a hard transition, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it really wasn't because I was never a diehard fan to begin with. But now, oh, man. You will see I will I have no problems wearing a Houston Astros hat, a shirt, the whole nine. But I'll never wear a Houston Rockets or a Houston Texas shirt. I can't go to Dallas back with that with that equipment on I mean with that with that merchandise on I me, mean, my people will never forgive me. <laughs> I will be exiled from Dallas, from the city of Dallas. They'll never forgive me. But nonetheless, the Houston Astros got it done now quickly. I want to just quickly dive into that game because I know we have a lot of things to get to in a short amount of time. But, Clifton, I watched that game from start to finish. I'm going to tell you something right now. The L.A. Dodgers gave that game up. Yeah, they did. They choked. They They choked. They choked like James Harden in the playoffs. (laughs) And who did James Harden play for? Houston Rockets. Yeah, that's what I thought. But nonetheless. Anyways, they gave that game up. There's no way that you can expect to beat a team when you leave 10 players stranded. stranded yes. There's no way. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Darvish pissed him out the game. He really did. I, honestly, I was getting really scared when they put in that other pitcher. Uh, I forgot his name. He was a black pitcher on the Dodgers. I was really scared when he was striking uh, Astros out. Like, 
one after one after one. I was like, oh, well, we might we might have ourselves a game right here. And I was but like, the thing is with baseball, and even though I'm about to say this, it's been the flip side of that in terms of the scores that we've been seeing between the Astros and the Dodgers up to this point. When you already give up five home runs yeah. in the sport of baseball, that's not easy to come back from. Yeah, it's really not because in, in baseball, if you're if you're down by like more than four and five, then the odds of you coming back are really slim. Now the Houston Astros have been defeating those odds. Yes, they have. They, they've been point. coming back. Yeah, but they've been coming back. coming back, and yeah. not, not only coming back but winning. Yeah. And making this into a game seven and winning game seven, but yeah. ultimately in the sport of baseball, you don't really see that too often. And I played twelve to thirteen this, the game before yeah. this. That's a football score. Yeah, it is. It is baseball twelve to thirteen. 13. My goodness, yeah, that's, that's a that's a huge huge score. But in my opinion, I really felt like Darvish pitched them out the game, and honestly, I felt like the LA Dodgers waited too long to bring Kershaw in, and even at that point. It was it was just gonna he he kind of he kind of maintained it for a little bit he made he maintained for a little bit they didn't end up scoring after he he maintained you know some order because Darvish was just giving up runs like it was just like it was just no tomorrow like it was, he was like he was like Oprah you get a run you get a run you get a run you get a run I mean he was like the Oprah of baseball last night yeah. with all these runs he was giving up I mean damn Darvish what is wrong with you and this is a guy who actually pitched well for the L.A. Dodgers this entire season. Now, one may say, okay, Darvish, yeah, he's a seasoned pitcher, but when it comes down to the big game and the big moment, that is the World Series, he can't get the job done. And honestly, that's really what I saw last night. But but I just – Clifton, I really want to – and maybe you can help me with this. I really want to get to the bottom line of that. I mean, you're not a rookie. This is the World Series. This is game seven. All chips are on deck. When you was watching that game, did it did it seem that he just kind of just kind of seemed kind of flustered a little bit? Like it seemed like he, I, don't, I don't know if it was just the crowd or the the excitement of the game and everything that was on the line kind of getting to him a little bit. Yeah. Like he just didn't seem in that zone to me. I feel like you know how people are on a big stage mm-hmm. when it comes down to like for anything like the finals, the World Series, uh, and stuff like that. I feel like he was he got overwhelmed with himself like he he overcompensated for how good the Astros really are and when he was playing that game he's like oh I, I think I could give a couple uh, uh hits and it wouldn't matter and and we'll come back and actually win this but he didn't have taken uh the fact that the Houston Astros have a very young team that can stay with them for a very long time so after this this uh World Series uh, win I feel like they're gonna Go go even further. Yeah, I said the same thing earlier today, and I was arguing with somebody about this in class today. Now, a lot of people are saying that the LA Dodgers are the favorite to win next year. Now, yeah. regardless of who's going to win or not, I am making the prediction. I made the prediction today that the Houston Astros are going back to the World Series yeah. next year. I made that prediction. In terms of, as you mentioned, the fact they have a young team, the fact that McCullers showed up great yes. in this postseason – when he relieved Verlander of his duties as a pitcher, he showed up great in this series. Morden finished the game for them last night, and you still got Verlander. George Springer is amazing. I believe he had a total of eight home runs this entire season, uh, this entire postseason. And I know one of them, uh, one of them came from last night yeah. against the Dodgers. 
this dude was unstoppable. He was my he was the MVP of last night's game, and he was certainly the MVP for me last night. Yeah. George Springer was incredible, and I felt like and just twitch t- and quick touch on this before we move on. I definitely felt like Cody Bellinger just he he hit them out of the game last night. I'm sorry, he really did. He really did. And I know we talked about talked to Mike about this before the show started. And I mentioned, you know, how young he is and everything like that. And I get it. I understand that um, that when you're on that stage, you know, your age and on that level, you have to throw your age out of, you know, it's the World Series. Not just the World Series, but Game 7. Yeah. It's all or none. But if you, if, you, if you go back to that game, especially specifically in that second inning, in the top of the second inning, yeah. the swings that he, were, that he was making, now I said this before, and damn it, I'll say it again. I don't care. I never played baseball in my life. I mean, I played, right. I, I, I played a little bit, you know, when I worked, you know, in the batting cage. You know, the, the teams come in and practice, and I go out there and hit me a little bit in X, Y, Z. But from a viewer's standpoint, and you played baseball, Clifton, so maybe you can help me out with this. From a viewer's standpoint, did it not seem like some of the pitches that he was swinging at? It's like he, it, 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 they were, his swings were just so wild. They yeah. were the wild swings. You know, it was it, it was it, the grand. The, it was the pitches were just they were just unbelievable in terms of like they were low, and it seemed like they were, like he was purposely trying to you know reel Bellinger in like you know you know you're young you're young you're a rookie. I'm gonna try to reel you in to see if you'll make that rookie mistake here on the big stage. Yeah, and. Cody Belger just fell for the trap, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way, too, about how he fell for the trap because the pitches that were thrown were like, – he was just swinging at almost anything. He was swinging at anything. Yeah, he was just swinging like, at anything. Yeah. I thought he was trying to, like, swat a fly or something when he was swinging. I was like, yeah, he was just like, – At that point, it wasn't even the ball. Yeah, it wasn't the ball. He was just, like, swinging just to be swinging. And <laughs> it was like hitting a piano or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I, I honestly thought he just got – too happy to be honest. I, I think he just wanted to get a hit and just run. Like honest. Well, honestly, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because, as I said before, your Houston Astros are the 2017 World Series champions. And will this be more to come? We're not sure. We'll have to wait and see. We're gonna move on to the NFL clip, and we're gonna get down to the nitty and the gritty here on Outspoken, as we are 20 minutes past the hour. Here on Outspoken, and again, the call-in number is 469-474-9370. We are joined by my good friend Clifton Monroe, my sports contributor here at Preview and m University. Let's get into the NFL, Clifton. The Cleveland Browns wide receiver Josh Gordon was reinstated to the NFL. For those of you that ha- that do not remember Josh Gordon, he has not played in a game since, 2001, since, since December 21st of 2014. He had been suspended indefinitely since September of 2016 without pay for multiple violations of the NFL substance abuse policy. So, and he will be placed on the commissioner's exempt list and be permitted to practice with the team beginning November 20th. So, wide receiver Josh Gordon for the Cleveland Browns is now reinstated in the NFL. I want to get your take on this. What does this mean for the Cleveland Browns moving forward, now that they have Josh Gordon? Hope. Hope that they get the first win of the season. Really? Yes. So, Clifton is going to go with hope. 
I'm going to go with maybe. Just maybe. That's really what I'm going to go with. Honestly, I don't – I may be stepping out on the ledge here, but I personally feel like Josh Gordon can't really turn that program upside down by itself. I really can't. Yeah, I think he's been uh, – to be honest, I think he's been at the league for too long. To be honest, he's been out since – 2004. Well, 2014. Yes, he hasn't played since 2014. So, like, all, literally, almost like three years, he's been out of the league. So, the, the to get back into the swing of things, I think he'll have to like it will take him this season and then possibly the start of next season to get and then back not, into. It. And then not even that. Honestly, it's really hard at the running back at not at the wide receiver position to really turn. Yeah, to turn a whole a program, yeah, to turn yeah. a whole team upside down. It's you not like a quarterback. Gotta, a quarterback, still, he can change the whole. You team. still got to have somebody to throw to you. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what a quarterback does. Yeah. Even at the run, even at the running back, it's easier. But and you still need a quarterback. Yeah. And honestly, at the wide receiver position, I honestly feel like it's much harder for him to turn that program around. Yeah. Now, I really want to share something before we move on. The fact that. What what really bothers me is the fact that the NFL wants to pick and choose who they give second chances to. They yeah they really do yeah they do they really do they really do because Josh Gordon this is the first time that he felt that he felt the substance abuse policy or that he violated this is the first time and they've been giving him multiple opportunities and yet here they are giving him another opportunity it's like they pick and choose who they give their second chances to, while Colin Kaepernick here, on the other hand, is still blackballed and doesn't have a job in the NFL. Nobody wants to give him a chance. Now, I know that's not on the NFL in a way. What I mean by that is even though the the NFL can say they have nothing to do with it or they'll say that, oh, yeah, sure, Colin Kaepernick, you can play in the NFL. We ain't got a problem with that. It's still up to the owners of a team to actually give him a tryout or a practice date or, or, or something. So on that hand, I get it. Personally, I still feel like the NFL wants to pick and choose who they give second chances to. Now, my thing is, you got one hand, a guy who failed, well, he, who were in violation of multiple substance abuses, the substance abuse policy, but then you got another guy who just wants to stand up for what he believes in yeah. in terms of racial inequality, social injustice, police brutality. You know, the ongoing issues that are affecting our society, at least in the African-American community, to this day. Yeah. Now, I understand that he's affecting your bottom line and your dollar signs and everything like that. Speaking of dollar signs, we're going to get into that here in just a moment with Papa John's <laughs> in terms of money being lost. Yeah. But seriously, though, I mean, seriously, a guy who has failed, who has failed the substance abuse policy that you've given him multiple opportunities, but Colin Kaepernick still sits over here on the sideline. Not even on the sideline; he's outside the damn stadium. Yeah, he, he can't even get in the stadium. Yeah, if he was on the sideline, that wouldn't be as bad because I say, you know what? At least we're getting somewhere. He's outside the stadium right now, on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. If I didn't want to pick and choose who. They get who they want to give second chances to, but nonetheless, the Cleveland Browns wide receiver Josh Gordon has now been re- has been reinstated by the NFL. This this is something that they kind of been picking at for a minute now. There were kind of there were reports that were coming out um, a few days ago saying that 
it's likely that Josh Gordon will be reinstated, but it wasn't set in stone. Mm-hmm. I had just got the notification today that he has now been reinstated to the NFL. Uh, honestly, I don't really see what 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 he's going to do at, at in Cleveland. That's really gonna that's really gonna help him out. If other teams are willing, I would say he'd be better off trying to take his chances elsewhere. Unless, from his standpoint, he's just excited to be in the game, uh, to be back out on the field. It probably doesn't matter from his perspective. It probably doesn't matter who in the hell he plays for up to this point. Yeah, he's just probably just excited to be back out on the field and to get a paycheck. Absolutely, absolutely. And moving on, and speaking of the bottom line of the NFL, the CEO of the Papa John's. Pizza chain has failed has failed seventy million in less than twenty four hours after the company released its third quarter financial report on Tuesday afternoon. And the CEO blames Roger Goodell and the NFL for his losses. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I get this. Papa John's is pretty much the official pizza of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. I get that. Anytime you watch uh, NFL Sundays, they're gonna you're gonna see multiple Papa John's commercials, uh, Super Bowl playoffs. You're definitely gonna see a lot of Papa John's commercials and everything like that. I mean, I get all that. I mean, damn, it's like if I'm watching football, you know, I'm glued to my seat on Sunday and I'm watching football. What am I gonna eat? I'm gonna order some Papa John's, right? Yeah. Because I can't get out of my I can't get out of my damn seat, and I can't cook me some food. I can't run down to the store and buy some groceries and anything like that. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call Papa John. And Lord forbid that with the NFL protests and everything that's going on in terms of people decide not to watch damn football uh, on Sundays. Uh, apparently. You know, because of the NFL protests and everything like that, and that's what they don't want to see. You know, that means I guess there's no more Papa John's then, because the only reason why I eat Papa John's is on Sundays when I watch NFL football. I mean, has it really gone? I mean, has it really gotten that bad? Is my question. Like seriously, I, I believe so because you have to think of it in a way where it, the issue is growing bigger and bigger and bigger. Like it's not getting, it's not going away. It's like. It's like a like a a stain like a like if you get like a a ketchup stain on a white shirt, it's not gonna go away until you like really try to put elbow grease into it and try to get it out because it's not gonna go away unless they stop it and change it or reinstate Colin Kaepernick. Well, my thing is, and I get all that, but my thing is, what John uh, Snatter, what he has to understand is, run a food, run a. Uh, Run the NFL, run a professional team that is an NFL, yeah, is a whole hell of a lot different than running a food chain. I'm not saying that running a food chain is easy, but if I'm the manager of Pizza Hut or uh, or Papa John's and I come into work and if there's somebody that I don't like it, they're not doing their job right, I can fire him and I can always go find me somebody to deliver my pizzas. That's mm-hmm. not hard. Yeah. Versus the NFL, these people work for me in terms of they bring me a lot of money. People tune in on Sundays and show up to the game and pay money to see these players perform. So it ain't just as easy, especially the the real talented players. So it ain't just as easy just to get rid of them or toss them up under the bus just because they're not doing what they're supposed to or just because I don't like them and everything like that. There's a lot of backlash that will come from that versus me just going to go find somebody else to deliver my pieces for me. All I'm saying is he really just needs to take the whole money aspect out of it in terms of in terms of blaming Roger Goodell and really get to 
the bottom line and really understanding what Roger Goodell is really going through. What I mean by that is I'm not here trying to defend Roger Goodell. I'm really not because I really haven't been a fan of his lately either or just even just in general. But at the same time, I understand. And what I mean by that in terms of this job is not easy. It is. It's not. I've never been commissioner of the NFL before. I haven't. But when you pay attention to detail and really get down to the bottom line in terms of, okay, what's going on here and how it's truly affecting me and my business, that's a lot to consider. This everything that's been going on with the NFL protests and then the bottom line and the lo- and losing and, and losing uh dollar dollars and everything like that because on one hand he's trying to make it seem like okay guys that's why when they had the the meeting with the end with the owners and the coaches and the players and stuff like that it's like Roger Goodell it's like he's kind of stuck in the middle it's like he's trying to understand where the players are coming from in terms of why they're protesting and everything like that but on the other hand still understand that hey. I got a business to run. Yeah. And all of y'all that's kneeling for the damn national anthem is ruining my money and my and my rep and my he's ruining my dollar signs and everything like that. So it's like just to put it in short terms, I get it, but I don't get it. So honestly, seriously, this thing with Papa John's, like do you really do you feel like Clifton that it adds to the credibility of Jerry Jones and the other owners that are basically trying to make sure that Roger Goodell does not extend his contract moving forward. And if you remember a few days ago, Jerry Jones and other owners were on a conference call about Roger Goodell in terms of uh, his contract extension moving forward, and they were pretty much against it. Now, do you feel like Papa John's can add evidence to that. Uh yeah. I feel like they can in uh in in that uh situation. I feel like they I feel like he can, uh Papa John's can to make it so that he can't get his contract extended further. Well, We'll we'll see we'll see what happens moving forward. I mean, honestly, I feel like at the end of the day, I guess I guess the only reason why people eat Papa John's is if they watch watching football, football. on Sundays. I mean, I've eaten Papa John's on several occasions, and it had nothing to do with the damn NFL. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. So, here quickly before we get into these trade deals that happen in the NFL, the NFLPA files appeal in Ezekiel Elliott case after injunctions were denied. As of now, Elliott is not eligible to play until December 17th against the Oakland Raiders. Should Elliott have taken the six-game suspensions up front? And I pretty much I pretty much think I know your answer to this, Clifton, but I'm going to go ahead and let you speak first. I do that here as a guest here on Outspoken. I let my guests go first. So, Clifton, should Elliott have taken the six games up front and why? I think you should have to get it out of the way, to be honest. Because if you think about it, he pushed it until now. So he could have got it out of the way and then been able to, like, help the team whenever they needed it most, to be honest. Because if you think about it, the first six games, not that many people were like, yeah, you might go undefeated and stuff like that, but not that many people care for the first six games. It comes down to, like, the seventh and, like, further on. So the fact that he's taking it now – 
might hurt the Cowboys in the long run. Well, Cliff, I'm glad you mentioned that as far as the long run because I'm going to address that point here in just a second. But to be honest with you, I'm kind of in the middle with this. And what I mean by that is, on one hand, I get it. And on the other hand, I get it. And what I mean by that is, in terms of – because I said the same thing in the beginning. I said, you know what? He should just serve the six games up front that way. Yeah. In some way, in some shape, form, or fashion, let's just say the Dallas Cowboys do make the playoffs. If you do what you've been doing up to this point and kept fighting the NFL and NFL just so you can, you know, be available for the next possible game, when it comes down to it, because I said on the previous show, you're going to serve those six games either now or, or later. later. Yeah. Hope for now and not later. The reason why you don't want later, because let's just say the Cowboys make the playoffs in some shape, form, or fashion. You now have to serve those six games because you've been fighting up to this point. Now you're not available for your team that needs you in the playoffs because you've been fighting these six games up to this point, and now you have no choice. You're backed up into a corner, and now you have to serve those six games. That's why I had the issue with that in terms of he should go ahead and just serve the six games because your team may need you later on in the playoffs if they somehow make it and you're not available. But on the flip side of that, Clifton, on the flip side of that, I'm going to tell you something right now. No, I have not been involved in domestic violence. But I will say this, in terms of that title mm-hmm. being held above your above head, your head yeah. in my opinion, that goes beyond football as a sport. Because at the end of the day, if you have kids and they have kids and everything like that, what type of legacy do you want to leave them? Mm-hmm. Do you really want to leave them with a legacy of your father was that guy who played in the NFL that was charged for it? That was, you know, that was held for domestic violence. Everybody knows that. So at the end of the day, it's all about wanting to clear your name. And if you truly, truly felt like you didn't do it or that you were innocent, sometimes it goes beyond the sport itself, you know? Because at the end of the day, what if you weren't playing football? Would you still try to do this? Would you still try to make, would you still try to get your name clear? You know? I I don't believe you would. So I, I personally think you would. I personally think it would. Because at the end of the day, it's not about it's not about football. Think about it. Then that would make you that would that makes you want to ask yourself. Has Ezekiel Elliott just been fouling appeals just so he can continue to play? Or has he been fouling appeals because he seriously feels like he's innocent and he did not do it? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. We don't know that. No. We can speculate and say, no, nah, I really think he just fouling, he just keeps fouling appeals because he wants to be there for his team. He wants yeah. to continue to play. And you can say, oh, no, I think he's been a fouling appeals because I think he honestly I think he honestly feels like he didn't do it, and he's trying to clear his name. But those are the questions that you have to ask yourself in terms of why do you feel like he continues to foul for appeal up to this point instead of just serving the six games when he first got it back in August. Those are the questions that you have to ask yourself. But nonetheless, Ezekiel Elliott, as of this point, is ineligible to play until December 7th, until December seventeenth when they play the Oakland Raiders. Hell, I say go to vac- go on vacation, go see a movie, do what you got to do. But you can't report to the field at this point in time. Yeah. At the end of the day, I said it was gonna, I said it was gonna come. Need to hear nor there. We can go into a whole range as far as what does this mean for Dallas moving forward. But unfortunately, we have to move on. And we're going to move on to these trade deals. Now, the first one I really want to point out, Clifton, it really baffled me. I'm going to call the theme of these trade deals hashtag why. (laughs) 
Seriously. <laughs> or hashtag what else is going on? Yeah. Because there's a couple of trade deals here in, in this and there's a couple of trade deals here in this paper right here that I'm just like, okay, what else happened for you to trade him? Because it couldn't it couldn't have been what happened on the field. Yeah. And you already know which one I'm talking about. First off, the running back, well, the previous running back for the Miami Dolphins, Jay Ajay, was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Not, not, not Clifton. Seriously. This is a guy who rushed for 1,200 yards for the Miami Dolphins last year. Yeah. Had eight touchdowns. I, uh, I, I want to get, get your take on that. He's, now, he only has, uh, through, through week nine or week ten, he only has over four, only has 465 yards rushing up to this point off of 138 carries and no touchdowns up to this point. And averaging about uh, three yards per carry. But last year he was averaging about five yards per carry. We don't average in three yards. But I want to, I want to get your take. Why would the Miami Dolphins, at the state that they're in right now, why would they get rid of their best running back, that being Jay Ajay? And then on top of that, to the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles. like that, like that's the last thing, like that's the last thing that they needed to, yeah, to add to their yeah. offensive yeah. weapons. They already had Legarius Blunt. He was doing exceptionally well. Now you add Jay Ajayi to the offensive core. I mean, damn. I want, I want to get your perspective, though. Why, why do you feel like the Miami Dolphins would do such a thing? I honestly don't know why, why the it, Dolphins. Because they, they don't have anyone on their team right now, offensively-wise. They, they had, and John, no, uh, Ajayi was basically his, their offense plus – Tannehill. Well, actually, no. Well, actually, Jay Cutler. Jay, oh, well, so they picked up they picked up Jay Cutler in the offseason. I don't know what I don't know uh, what made them do that. I mean, he was he was enjoying his vacation on the boat trip, yeah. and they picked him up in the offseason. But honestly, it makes me wonder what actually was going on with Jay Ajay and the Miami Dolphins. Honestly, don't because. It doesn't make sense if because the Ajay has been so productive for the uh, Dolphins up until now, and you just want to give him up just like he's like he didn't produce anything for y'all. He didn't make y'all go this far in the season, or like he's been there just to fill in the fill in, uh, a running a running back spot. I mean. It doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. I, I mean, it, it, it honestly doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, they're they're third in the AFC East right now, behind the the uh, the Buffalo Bills, who's honestly having a mighty mighty great season, uh, sitting five and two, uh, playing well over five hundred football, seven fourteen to be exact, and the New England Patriots, who's of course at sixty two right now, playing well over five hundred football, seven fifty. Uh, there's no there's no doubt there. You know, there's no shock there, but. Sitting at four and three, honestly, like what about this trade? Really, just now, yeah. Now you got blew now, and you got blew out by the uh, the the Baltimore Ravens, forty to zero. You beat the Atlanta Falcons, surprisingly. They let you come back. You beat them twenty to seventeen. You beat the Tennessee Titans, sixteen to ten. You lost to the uh, New Orleans Saints 20-0, even though I tossed that one up in the air because the New Orleans Saints are just inconsistent week after week after week. You never know what you're going to get from them. And then you lose to the Jets 20-6, to 
You beat the Chargers 19-17. to 17. Honestly, like, I wouldn't necessarily call their season, I mean, you can call it mediocre, yeah. but still a young season. Still got eight more games yeah, to go. Yeah, have like that eight more games to go now? Honestly, that, that trade, was, it was just a real shock to me. It was just a real shock to me. And another one that was real shock, that was real shocking to me was Kelvin Benjamin, the wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers, getting traded to the Buffalo Bills. Wow. Wow. Wow is right, Clifton. Wow is right. Kelvin Benjamin got traded to the Buffalo Bills on Tuesday for a third-round pick and a seventh-round pick in the 2018 NFL draft. I don't understand why a team will give up their biggest threat downfield just for a seventh pick and a third pick. I understand picks are picks. More picks, the more better. Yeah. But, I mean, at that point, when you get to the third rounds and the seven rounds, you're pretty much picking up scrubs anyway. So, in my, from, from that standpoint, is it really worth it? Now, why would you give up who, on one hand, I can argue that Kelvin Benjamin hasn't really been producing as much as we would have liked him to uh, this year moving forward. Yeah. But at the same time, who else do you have Greg Olson is still hurt. hurt yeah. He's not expected to come. Well, he's expected to come back at some time this month. But until then, you don't have nobody but Ed Dick, Ed Dixon, who was a backup tight end. Yeah. I mean, you got Christian McCaffrey who can catch the ball out of the in, out, out of the backfield, but that's really all he's good at. You can put him at slot receiver as they've been doing up to this point, but he's really not your in between the guards, in between the tackles, running back. That's what Jonathan Stewart is is for, but he hasn't been producing this year. I mean, who else do you really have to throw the ball to? You don't have anybody. Why would you? I don't understand. Why would you do that? Honestly, the Carolina Panthers are really, really frustrating me this year. With Cam Newton can't seem to get it right in the media. With the fact that they lost to the damn Chicago Bears, Cam Newton had two or three had three turnovers. Jonathan Stewart can't catch the ball, let it hit his shoulder pad, bounce off his shoulder pad. That's a, yeah. that's a Madden <laughs> caught for an interception. Defense has been looking sloppy all season. I mean, it's just all bad. It's, it's not good at all. Then on top of that, you get rid of your only, your, your main threat downfield. Honestly, we've been talking this entire time about, oh, Cam Newton, he needs to get some help. They need to give him some help. The offensive line is so is sorry. He he's always he ends up on the ground all the time. Personally, I feel like they need to get back to that read, that read option because that's the only thing that's really helping them out thus far. But in terms of giving up the only guy that can really truly help him, because Chris McCaffrey, he just ain't there yet. I'm sorry. Now, maybe some development within that may may uh, help, may come along in the future. But as of right now, he's just, it's just not there. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. But that's just me, though. But honestly, that was a shocker. And the last one that was a shocker to me, you know this. Yes. You know this. The Houston Texans giving up three-time yeah. Pro Bowl selection, left Dwayne tackle, Dwayne Brown. Brown. At Seattle Seahawks. After they lost to them, they traded him after the game. They traded him, like, after they lost him, the next day they traded him. Now, there were reports, Clifton, that Dwayne Brown wanted to be traded. There were some reports on that. Because at first, 
I'm making the argument that why would you give up your best offensive lineman, a guy who started 133 games for you and has only given up one sack? And then on top of that, Clifton, he plays left tackle. Most of the quarterbacks, particularly the one that were playing for y'all, Deshaun Watson, before he went down, but even before that, Tom Savage, uh, Brian Hoyer, uh, uh, Brock Osweiler. Either way, most quarterbacks that come into the league are right-handed quarterbacks. The left tackle protects their blind side because when they drop back to pass, they're moving to the right. Their blind side is exposed. That's what that left tackle's job is for, to protect his blind side. And Dwayne Brown has been doing it exceptionally, exceptionally well up to this point. Why on earth would they give up Dwayne Brown, even if he reported he wanted to be traded? I mean, because it sounded like to me they didn't want to. They didn't sit down about it. Uh, they didn't talk about it. Uh, they didn't negotiate about it. They didn't try to work out some deal or or, 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 or something. They just up and just let him go. It reports that he wanted to go, and they say, "All right, fine, bye." That's what it sounded like to me. And to the Seahawks too. Mm-hmm. And to the Seahawks, somebody who be, can definitely add to their offensive yeah. line because they've been mediocre up to this point. I'm sure Russell Wilson will certainly be glad to get him. I mean, think about it. 133 starts, only one sack allowed. Now, offensive linemen aren't really known to be getting, you know, the big stats and everything like that. That's usually your quarterbacks and your running backs and your wide receivers and everything like that. But that stat right there, that to me stands out just like throwing for 4,000 yards catching for over 1,000 yards, rushing for over 1,000 yards and 10-plus touchdowns, 133 starts, one sack, that number stands out to me. And you give up that guy. I want to get down to the bottom line, why, before we move on. Now, this may not be accurate, but I found out that just like DeAndre Hopkins, Dwayne Brown was another one who stood up and was very outspoken to what McNair said in terms of the inmates can't run the prison. Now, I'm not saying that 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 may be the reason why they let him go, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did, and I would certainly be upset about that. Honestly, think about this, Cliff. You give up a guy who was outspoken about the comments that you said, but you got a guy like, DeAndre Hopkins, who didn't even show up. It was contemplating not showing up for the game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he showed yeah. up for the game he and, played his, and he played his butt off. Yeah, but that just goes to show you that when you got what I like to call, call quote-unquote, juice, you can get away with some things. And it's sad because it's no secret that Deshaun Watson has some juice on that team and on that organization that he can make statements like, well, he can make statements like threatening to not show up for work and threatening to not show up for the damn game, and nothing happens. But a guy like Dwayne Brown, who nobody ever said, you aren't allowed to speak up and voice your opinion. It's a freedom of speech, damn it. That's all he did. And you mean to tell me, because he spoke up about it, that 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 was the reason why you decided to let him go? Again, this is all speculation here. But it was certainly reported that he spoke up about it. Yeah. And then isn't it kind of funny that the minute he speaks up about it, next thing you know, he gets traded to another team? Yeah, and the team they lost to, too. The team they lost to. Absolutely. But 
honestly, that right there really spoke to me. Quickly before we jump into the NBA, I just want to throw out here for a quick hit that Brock Osweiler will start for the Denver Browns versus the Eagles. Denver Broncos? To replace, yes, sir, to replace <laughs> Trevor Simeon. I want to know, is this a smart move by the Denver Broncos? Is it? Is, is, look, it's almost. It's almost like Tom Savage and Matt McGloin. I mean, okay, you give you're bringing in a new quarterback, but you ain't doing a damn job, a better job as far as bringing in a better quarterback. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Brock Osweiler, he stunk up the joint for y'all. <laughs> Let me just throw that out there, my good. I bet y'all are happy to get rid of him, yeah. but he stuck up the joint for y'all in Houston as the quarterback for the Denver Browns. Unfortunately, Trevor Simeon is not really getting the job done for them in the eyes of Denver. And they're going to replace him with Brock Eisweiler when they play the Eagles. So I just want to know, is this a good move by Denver? I don't know. I mean, I, he really messed it up for our, uh, our, our league. No, our uh, – he really messed it up for the Texans, to be honest. So I honestly don't know how he's going to play against the Eagles on the Broncos. I mean, I, I guess after my thing is, I'm not a I'm not a uh, a, a Trevor Simeon uh, fan. I don't have a Trevor Simeon uh, onesie in my closet somewhere or anything like that. But all I'm saying is, Trevor Simeon wasn't playing piss poor. Yeah. Just it was only within the last three games. I, I don't know if they they blame it on the fact that that they lost three games in a row uh, to the Chiefs twenty nine to nineteen, to the Chargers twenty one zero, and then to the Giants twenty three to ten. Now, if there was any damn game they could have benched him and put in Brock Osweiler, it should have been the New York Giants, a team that hadn't won a damn game all season. You get that, and they and they get their first win against you. I mean, that's just the damn laughing stock of the league. But that's just my opinion. But before then. They beat the Oakland Raiders sixteen to ten, a team that a team that beat the Chiefs, who was a great team in the NFL. They beat the Cowboys forty two to seventeen. I mean, we just made Trevor Simeon look like he just in the league quarterback. I mean, he was throwing all over our secondary. I have to give props what props do. He did that, and then before that, they defeated the Chargers twenty four to twenty one. So. All I'm saying is, I just that's just how the NFL works, and sometimes it frustrates me because it's like, as long as you're playing good, everything is okay. Yeah. But the minute you have one bad game, two bad games, and hell, in Trevor in Trevor Simeon's case, three bad games. Hell, now all of a sudden we have to bench you and bring in. They even saw your quarterback, yeah. in my opinion, because we just feel like he can get the job done better than you, even though in my, even though you're better than him. But you're having some bad momentum. Now, my thing is, what's going to happen when Brock Osweiler gets in the game and he does horrible? What's going to happen then? Because you don't understand, when you bench a player in that aspect, you in some way contribute to their lack of confidence. Because now they feel like, okay, well, damn, maybe I'm not worthy anymore. Maybe I just don't have it. Yeah. Maybe I should be on the bench. I'm not playing well. Coach doesn't believe in me. He's putting me on the damn bench. Maybe I just don't have it. 
you don't understand. Now I understand that you're running the business, you're in the business to win, and your bottom line is on the line as well because as a coach, if you don't start winning games, hell, you're going to be booted out too. Yeah. I guess from that standpoint, all the players got to worry about is being benched from in, in that aspect. But I personally just feel like it really just contributes to the confidence of the players when you bench them in that aspect, especially when you bring in somebody uh, that's 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 worse or just as equally as good. Now, hell, I can understand if you bring in somebody that's ten times better than me or even five times better than me that you know for a fact can get the job done. He's been getting the job done before. But you bring somebody that's equally as bad, as equally as good as me, or if not worse, how the hell is that supposed to? How is that supposed to make me feel? Seriously, I don't. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. But as the show is coming near to an end, as I always say, this Clifton, there's just not enough time in the day on this show. But we're gonna quickly jump into the NBA. The Cleveland Cavaliers are starting the season off three. In five, they're sitting 13th in the Eastern Conference. I want to know, what is the true issue with Cleveland? Now, they called a players-only meeting. And by that meeting is LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, all those guys, they said, you know what, forget Tyron Lue, forget the coaches, forget everybody else. I want a players-only meeting. They call a players-only meeting, and we're only eight games into the NBA season. There's a, it's 82 games. There's 82 games in the season. We're only eight games in, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are already calling a players-only meeting. I want to know, is this time to panic, and what is the true issue with Cleveland? I'm going to let you have the floor first. Uh, I feel like they cannot get like their established starting five. In the beginning, they were having issues like – Oh, should we keep Wade in as a starting five, or should we put J.R. Smith as a starting five? Mm-hmm. I feel like they haven't found like that fifth man or that key guy to put them all together and have the chemistry that they had and coming to the uh, play the finals last year. Hey, before I, before I say this, man, before I get, hey, Clifton, it's the curse. It's a, it's a KK curse. Oh, Tristan Thompson not getting the damn job done. It's, it's a Kardashian curse, man. I told y'all about this Kardashian curse. It, it is real. It's real. The Kardashian curse is real. I told y'all this the other day at the contributors meeting. The Kardashian curse is real, and I think Tristan Thompson is getting a, a large dosage of it yes. as we speak. Yes. As we speak, Clifton. But nonetheless, the issue with the Cleveland Cavaliers a lot of people are blaming this on LeBron. He's the reason that there are where there are right now. Uh, and you notice know this, this isn't the first time, Clifton. Who always gets to blame when the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't producing? LeBron. Who always gets the credit when the Cleveland Cavaliers are producing? LeBron. LeBron James gets the credit when they're winning. LeBron James takes the blame when they're losing. And a lot of people feel like that's okay. Now, that's neither here nor there. But what I want to get to is, where in the hell is Dwayne Wade, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith? Think about this. I want to address your point real quickly. You mentioned the fact that they can't get their starting five straight. As you know, of course, there was issues in the beginning of the season in terms of uh, the starting five, and the only damn issue was J.R. Smith. 
because Dwayne Wade was going to be in the damn starting five, but J.R. Smith is sitting over on the bench pouting with his hoodie on because he's not in the starting five. And on one hand, I understand it because he's been working so hard up to this point, you know, won a ring with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's been working so hard up to this point. And then Dwayne Wade, even though the future Hall of Famer, Dwayne Wade just swoops on in at the last minute, and now he's in the starting lineup. On that hand, I understand it. But on the other hand, now you're in the game. And what the hell are you doing? Tristan, I mean, uh, Clifton, I want to point something out to you. Because these numbers, I'm no, I'm normally not a number numbers guy, but these <laughs> these 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 numbers are 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 interesting. Now, Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the Brooklyn Nets. 112 to 107. The Brooklyn Nets. Let me throw these numbers out there for you. Oh. Dwayne Wade, zero points. He didn't score. LeBron James had 29 points. J.R. Smith, two points. Played 27 minutes. Tristan Thompson, three points. Played 22 minutes. Moving on to the next. The Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the New York Knicks. Yes, all that. <laughs> one fourteen to ninety five. Didn't even hit triple digits. Lost one fourteen to ninety five. LeBron James had sixteen points played thirty nine minutes. Dwayne Wade six points twenty three minutes. J.R. Smith eleven points twenty eight minutes. I give him that. But Tristan Thompson nineteen minutes. One point. Wow. One point. <laughs> was it a free throw? I admit maybe. Maybe it was. <laughs> I don't know. It had it must have been a free throw. It must have been a free throw. I don't know. But one point. But to move right along. The Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the New Orleans Pelicans. I was actually excited about that because I've been an advocate for them for a little while now. But that's for a different subject. But they lost to the New Orleans Pelicans. I want to read these numbers out to you, Clifton. Again, Tristan Thompson, seven points, 22 minutes. Dwayne Wade finally gets to double digits, 15 points. And LeBron James, 18 points. And lastly, the Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the Orlando Magic. <laughs> the Orlando Magic, one fourteen to ninety three. One fourteen to ninety three. Lost the Orlando Magic. Dwayne Wade, sixteen minutes, five points. Tristan Thompson, twenty five minutes, four points. Wow. J.R. Smith, twenty minutes, two points. Now, honestly, I understand. The Cleveland Cavaliers' defense, the defense efficiency, they're second to worst in the NBA, just above the Mavericks. Their defense efficiency is horrible. When LeBron James is on the field, was on the court, they're shooting just over above thirty-three percent. When he's off the court, under thirty percent. That's crazy. Under thirty percent. 
Now, all I'm going to say is this. I understand that LeBron James takes most of the credit when they win, and he has to take all the blame when they lose because that just comes with the territory of being the leader and the spokesperson of that organization. Yeah. But my thing of it is this. Before we wrap up the show, you have other elite guys that was also responsible for helping LeBron James win that title against Golden State. Yeah. That being Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith went off. So my thing is, where are those guys? Seriously. Before we just condemn LeBron James in terms of the Cleveland Cavaliers' horrible, horrible start to the season, where are those guys at? Just a question. I don't know. It's just a question. But having, but calling a players meeting up to this point, even though and you're only eight games into the season, it's not a good look. Right, it? Now, you can argue that the Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers are beating teams that are important. I think they beat the Celtics, who are first in the East right now, and they beat the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, teams that are actually making some noise in the East, and they're losing to the teams like the New Orleans Pelicans, the Pacers, the, the, Knicks. The, the, the Knicks, the Orlando Magic, teams that are sorry in the East and aren't even going to make some noise come playoff time, or not even make it to the playoffs, but it still makes you wonder. Yeah. It really does. Now, I understand they're missing that, that extra piece, that being Isaiah Thomas. He ain't going to be – he ain't coming back till January. Wow. So, uh, so they're still missing that piece. And he's supposed to be that extra piece to help out LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers to kind of get them over that top. And he's not coming back till about January. But nonetheless, you tell me that you got Jay Crowder, who's not really an offensive weapon, but supposed to be helping out on that defensive side of the ball – in my opinion, bringing him in was supposed to kind of relieve LeBron James of those duties in terms of always got to be that 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 dog, you know, on yeah, defense, yeah. that aggressiveness on defense all the time. Jake Crowder was supposed to kind of help relieve him of that duties, get those rebounds, push the ball, you know, all downfield, down court, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and move on. And then you add Dwayne Wade, who's I understand. He's not the same Dwayne Wade. That he's been. Father Time is undefeated, which is probably why he had no problem with wanting to come off the bench and let J.R. Smith start, because that's where it all started from. It wasn't Tyron's Lue decision. Dwayne Wade actually came to Tyron Lue and told him, you know what? J.R. Smith deserves to be in a starting lineup. He has earned that spot in that role while being here at Cleveland. He's paid his dues. Let him be in the starting lineup, and I'll come off the bench. But you still got Dwayne Wade, who's a future Hall of Famer. You got J.R. Smith. You got Kevin Love. Tristan Thompson, who I still, who's, who I, feel, I think has been affected by the damn Kardashian curse right now. That's the only reason, that's the only way I can explain why he's playing so poorly up to this point. I have no, I, and then you got Kevin Love. I have no other way to explain it. Jeff Green has really been the one that's been doing the dirty work for them, honestly. And if Jeff Green is really the one that's producing for you, that's not good. It isn't. It's not good at all. But it's just a question. Why blame, why blame LeBron when all of these other players have doing, not stepped up? Yeah, they, they barely get to double digits. It's just a question. It's just a question. And unfortunately, we are out of time here for today's show. Clifton, as I say before, 
it is just never enough time in the day. I may talk to our producer, uh, 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 Dr. Mike Prince, and, and I may try to extend this podcast for at least two hours. I may try to do that and see if I can pull some strings because one hour is just not enough to get everything in. But nonetheless, we are out of time. I want to thank you all so much for joining in today's show. I want to thank my main man, Clifton Monroe, who, as I have said before, ladies and gentlemen, is a regular here on Outspoken. And when I say I'm going to get you a T-shirt, man, I'm going to really pull some strings. Maybe you know somebody that sells T-shirts or something like that. I'm not the, the marketing whiz or anything like that. But if you know somebody that that do that, that has a good deal for T-shirts, let me know. i get you an outspoken T-shirt. You want some socks with that, man? I mean, we sell hats, coffee mugs. What you need? <laughs> what you need, man? We we got all that stuff. For man. Just let me know what you need, what type of merchandise, and I will get it to you because you certainly help me out with this show, man. You really do giving your insights, your thoughts, your opinions on the world of sports. We talked to uh, Mr. Prince uh, before the show started. You're going to help out with some uh, with some Rose Hill and some Blend Buccaneers uh, sports broadcasting. So we definitely thank you for that, for your uh, contribution to that aspect of the game as well. And we just thank you so much for being here, man. And we certainly thank you, the listeners, for tuning in for today's show. I got to get ready to get up, up out of here, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live from the second floor of the Memorial Student Center, better known as the MSC for Clifton Monroe. I am Andre Davis. Thank you all so much for joining, and we will see you next time.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.